The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of the Heat Check, we finish our Eastern Conference preview with the IKEA of divisions, the Southeast Division, worse than the IKEA of divisions. Actually, like IKEA's coffee tables, you know, they try to pretend like they're wood, but it's actually just made out of cardboard that's been like disintegrated and packed into like some glue form. So I guess it is the IKEA of divisions. We're looking at Atlanta, ugh, Charlotte, ugh, Miami, ugh, <laughs> Orlando. Ah, ah and the Washington Wizards. We also have a great interview with Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports to prepare you for all the things about the new season. It is a loaded show. You're welcome. Let's get into it, William. Drop that generic-ass beat that should be Rihanna. Break, we're breaking down all the biggest NBA storylines. You're tuned in to The Heat Check. The Heat Check with Trista Crick. The best podcast covering all the drama around the association. Our final preview, Southeast Division. I'd like to say, last but not least, we saved the best for last, but we didn't. I waited as long as I possibly could to talk about this shitty-ass division. The yellow starburst of NBA divisions is the Southeast. It's like the candy corn in the Halloween bowl, where it's like nobody wants this shit. It's sticking to everything else. You can't get rid of it. They put it on sale for 99 cents. an entire pound at your local Fred Myers, but we're going to get into it anyway because there's still NBA teams here that we have to cover. That's how much I love you. I want to talk about other things. The T, like the Chicago Bulls players meeting only. First game of the season as they get waxed by the OKC Thunder, but no, no, sir, we must fulfill our commitments and we start with the Atlanta Hawks. Key additions, they get Kobe Bufkin in the draft out of Michigan. They get Patty Mills from free agency. What is Patty Mills doing there, by the way? What the fuck? Why, first of all, aren't you like ready to retire? And second of all, why do you want to be with that dog shit organization? Subtractions, John Collins. Finally, he's been in the news, trade rumors, so long. It finally happened. He gets himself into a better situation. Congratulations to John Collins. Anyway, we move forward about the Hawks. So the Last year, the Hawks imploded. They fired their coach at the deadline. They went out and hired a coach midway through the season in Quinn Snyder for so much money, all the money. 
spectacularly also fired their GM, hired a whole new front office. Remember then they tried to say the GM wasn't really fired. He was just in an advisory role now. I mean, they fired him and he just kept him on site. On step. Yeah, Travis Schlenk. Now he's working for the Washington Wizards, part of the same same sort of umbrella, yellow starburst, but we'll move forward. The explanation of uh, hiring Quinn Snyder and then not waiting out the year was just so that Snyder could assess. He could wait and see what he had. He could get a head start for this season. And... um he found out pretty early that this whole John Collins, Trey Young thing, it's not working. It's never going to work. John Collins doesn't like Trey Young. So this summer, they sent out John Collins to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay and a second round pick. Remember, they were at one point refusing to trade John Collins unless they got multiple first round picks for him back. That was a real article. Those were the real news rumors. Sounds like they couldn't get that first round pick for him. And now they got a dirty muffin, which was Rudy Gay, and a second round pick. They turned down much better packages for him in the past. I, I like where John Collins landed. For a team that was um, pretty trash last year, the Hawks didn't really do much. They're still trying to roll out this whole DeJounte Murray and Trey Young experiment. I prefer DeJounte Murray. They add Patty Mills and Kobe Bufkin. Neither are going to be very much factors. This team is going to fall again on whether DeJounte and Trey could play together. And I don't know, honestly. I like DeAndre Hunter a lot. I am not sure, honestly, if this roster makes any sense. They refused to extend Sadiq Bey, which they traded for, which means he's probably getting moved at the deadline or they'll lose him for nothing. They're looking at a starting five of Clint Capella, who looked horrible in their opening game. He's been rumored to be traded for the last 16 months. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray just signed an extension, DeAndre Hunter, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Does anybody think that this team is going to win their division? No. This is a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Does anyone actually like this team? The Washington Wizards circle Atlanta on their calendars like, yep, that's the game. That's the game we, uh, we, lo- we low-managed ours for. That's the game we low-managed Jordan Poole for. They're going to probably win 40, 42 games. They're going to be a play-in team as like a 12 seed. What is it? 7, 8, 9, 10. So it's a 10 seed. <laughs> 10 seed. It feels like so many damn teams get in. This is the kind of team really that just like wins the NBA in-season tournament. And they just call that season a success because the owner's son is now running the team and you know how that whole thing goes. And then we're going to have another mediocre season and Quinn Snyder will have to decide whether Trey Young can be on this team any longer in order for them to move on and succeed. And I think he'll get to the point where he realizes maybe he's been the problem the whole time. We move forward. Another team in this division. My vote for the team that had the absolutely worst offseason by far, by far, was the Miami Heat. How do you go to the finals and still have the worst offseason of anyone? Love their draft picks. Jaime Jaquez, love him. You end up getting Thomas Bryant. Eh, eh, don't hate it. Josh Richardson, you pick him up. That's terrible. I, jo- I might be the leader of the Josh Richardson this fan club, like the non-fan club. Like, I don't hate him as a person. He's not a piece, though. He is not a piece. I would have rather they got Kelly Oubre than Josh Richardson. That's not a lie. They lose Max Struess, who, by the way, had seven threes for the Cavs the other night. Just 
loading up buckets after buckets. They lose Gabe Vincent. They lose Victor Oladipo. They were just waiting. They knew they were getting Damian Lillard, didn't they? They just knew they were getting Dame. They thought they were getting Bradley Beal for a song. This team could have had Dame, Brad Beal, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Jesus. What are they doing? Pat Riley. Pat Riley. I don't know what to say other than he just doesn't want to spend money. He's done. He's decided, like the Chicago Bulls, we're going to put together a good product. And in the playoffs, we'll see. But I'm not going to go into the luxury tax for a 30-something star who's going to make like $65 million next year. They lost out on Bradley Beal, who was his first choice was going to Miami. Even this week, something came out where he was like, I thought it was a done deal, and for whatever reason, they did not want to make a move. It's the no-trade clause, Bradley. It's the no-trade clause. And they dragged their feet. No clue what happened. I know what happened. You know what happened? Pat Riley happened. He wanted to basically get another star for free and have Bradley Beal waive his no-trade clause, and instead, Bradley Beal goes to Phoenix for basically nothing. Literally, I think it was like, what, how many, like a a handful of second-round picks. And Beal is still like, how did I end up in Phoenix? I don't know how this happened. It wasn't even on my board. I di- it didn't even register as a team for me to go to. Then, of course, they lose Dame because they didn't want to make a real offer. What did that leave them? Thinking maybe they could get into the Drew Holiday sh- sweepstakes, but by then it was like Portland's like, I don't call us. Lose our number. Then now they're thinking maybe they can get into the Harden sweepstakes because Harden is now opening up the possibilities of trade partners for Philadelphia. He just wants to compete. Doesn't matter if he's in L.A. It's a disaster. Their backup plan, Kelly Oubre, went to the Sixers. Then Giannis, who was their backup, backup, backup plan, just signed a massive three-year extension. All they can hope for now is Joel Embiid. That's it. I'd say Pat Riley is coming to a close of what he's willing to do in terms of his aggressiveness. They find these guys out of the bottom of the barrel. They want these role players who can contribute with very little money attached to them. And that that helps them, you know, with their financial situation. That's fine. But ultimately, that's not what you want to do when you are a championship caliber franchise. He's a junk ball pitcher now, Pat Riley. His command has failed. The Heat were three minutes from getting bounced last year in the play-in, and then what do they do? They said, well, we'll just, instead of using that data to make our decision, we're going to use the data that's less likely, which is the fact that we went to the finals. And then you lose two guys that were on the team that were key contributors. What do I like about this team? Obviously, Jimmy Butler, he's fucking beast. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I love Bam Adebayo. Those two are enough to do a lot for you in a postseason. Tyler Hero's an absolute bucket. He's like the white Anthony Simons. He's going to be able to like get you buckets from the perimeter. He's going to probably have a chip on his shoulder and chuck, I don't know, 18 times a game. He's been rumored to be in every trade Miami's ever had recently. He deleted Miami from his Instagram, remember, at one point. This speech could probably revenge season for Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson, I think, is back into the rotation. I think they hate him less because he proved himself when Tyler Hero was out in the playoffs. Their starting guards, though, are, are Kyle Lowry and, and Caleb Martin. 
This is a bad team, folks. This is a bad team. This is the same team as last year, only worse. If Jaime Hawkes doesn't produce or Nikola Jovic, who was a healthy scratch last night, doesn't produce uh, and they don't make the playoffs, I would not be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. Everyone else except for Atlanta got better in their division and they got worse. It's mass school, folks. They are taking a downturn. The biggest asset that the Heat have is obviously Eric Spolstra. He continues to make gold out of garbage. So I would be also not shocked if they made the finals again. Best case scenario is playing, but you never know what's going to happen when you get Jimmy Butler in the postseason. The Heat, though, are a team in decline. I am not rooting for them. I do not feel like they are a team that you can believe in. And Pat Riley must take the blame. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We now take our attention to the Orlando Magic. You know it's bad, right? You know it's bad when the one bright spot of your division is the Orlando Magic. That's where we're at. The Orlando Magic are the best team potentially in this dog shit division. Key additions. Anthony Black, Jet Howard. Joe Ingles. Key subtraction, Bull Bull. This is the only team in modern memory with 10 guards on a 20-man roster. That's, this is insane. I don't know what they're doing. It, even guys that were rumored to be traded, like Cole Anthony, just signed a three-year, $39 million extension. In the draft, they went out and got, I don't know, two more guards, just for safe measure. Anthony Black, he's not really in the rotation. Jet Howard, not really in the rotation. We're just going to let them sit there and marinate like good chicken. You go with Markel Fultz and Gary Harris and Jalen Suggs and Caleb Houston and Kevon Harris and Trevlin Queen. You get the picture, folks. Lot of guards. Lot of guards. But I think that 
kind of diminishes how good this roster can be. Paolo Bancaro will come off of the rookie of the year season that he had, and he's going to even be better. I think he could legitimately, once he finds his stride, he could average 25 points a a game. Franz Wagner, I think he could be most improved player this year. He was incredible in World Cup play, leading Germany to a gold medal, but also they were undefeated. And I like Markel Fultz. I like Cole Anthony to lead this group of guards, which means I think the Magic are probably going to have a very, very deep team. 12, 14 guys in a game. They should be fresher than a lot of teams. What is their upside? That's the question. I think this is a playing team. I think this is a team that could legitimately win the division. This is a sneaky playoff team. The Magic in March, from March on, were 500. So I think that's what they're going to be going forward. I really do. The nice part, though, of the Magic is I think they have a lot of pieces that they can make some moves if they wanted to at the deadline. They have the, enough assets. You could probably package Anthony Black. There's a lot of teams that would like a 6-7 guard. You have draft capital. You have young players. You, got, you can get probably anything you want. You can probably get Pascal Siakam if you wanted. You got a starting five of Wendell Carter, Franz Wagner, Markel Fultz, Paolo, and Jalen Suggs with Cole Anthony, first man off the bench. What you need, or what they need, is veteran leadership, of course. Uh, that's why Malcolm Brogdon, I think Malcolm Brogdon really makes a lot of sense for them. Do a deal with Portland, Orlando. Do a deal. We could use some wings. You guys got a lot. Give us Wendell. Um, they also have Jonathan Isaac there, who's supposed to be good when he's healthy. You need somebody probably with veteran mentorship who can slow these guards down. Do they need another guard? Probably not. They could, they could actually use a guy like Jeremy Grant. Do a deal with Portland, Orlando. Do a deal with Portland. I like these Magic. I think they have a very bright future. I think they win 40 to 44 games. It's time to chop it up with the Charlotte Hornets. Oof. Gross. Just a team that has a lot of issues culturally with that roster. You've had some turnover. You've had a lack of turnover with players you probably should have turned over. Key losses. Kelly Oubre, Kai Jones, Fee Mahalik, Dennis Smith Jr. Key additions. Brandon Miller in the draft. Nick Smith Jr., who I like in the draft. Miles Bridges. Signs his contract, officially announced. That's the one where you wonder why is this man still on the roster. LaMelo Ball agrees to a multi-year extension. Frank Nilekina signed an extension. Frank, uh, P.J. Washington agreed to an extension. I don't really know what to make of this team. I, sometimes things that they do in this franchise in general just leave me speechless. Like, uh, why? Why, you ask? Just a why, why, why? Let me count the ways. So, okay, so instead of cutting ties with Miles Bridges when they had the chance at, I don't know, in like the last 10 months, you re-sign him, and then guess what? You re-sign him, and he breaks his probation and is accused of domestic violence, once again, throwing pool balls at his girlfriend's car window while his babies are in the car. Shocking. Shocking stuff from Miles Bridges, I tell you. The Hornets, I don't know why they can't just get out of their own way. Michael Jordan has sold his majority share at the franchise. The team has a chance to draft a once-in-a-generation player, which is Scoot Henderson, and yet you pass on him for Brandon Miller, who, by the way, also has his own off-the-court issues. 
has struggled at Summer League, isn't some guy that you think can immediately respond as a franchise-altering player. He just gets named, I think, a couple of weeks ago, maybe even less, in a wrongful death suit. Kaya Jones, former first-round draft pick, IG-lived himself out of the league. Half of Twitter joked that this team was going to sign Kevin Porter Jr. That's how bad things are in Charlotte, is that people think you're going to make the disastrously wrong move when given the chance. What do you have left? You got LaMelo, five years, $260 million extension. I think he's worth it. You've got a great point guard surrounded by a, a sea of toxic mididity. Yeah, toxic mididity. I said it. A bunch of mid guys who are toxic. Miles Bridges, I like P.J. Washington. He's just been at the wrong place in the wrong time. Uh, I think he was the last major free agent to sign, and he found almost no interest anywhere else for the price, which I think is is weird because he's a good piece. I like him a lot. Three for 48 is a very good deal. I like Mark Williams. He's a nice little piece. Had him last year, sophomore season. He's already snatch blocking people. Gordon Hayward, is he going to be healthy? Terry Rozier, does he even want to be there? You lost Kelly Oubre, which, I mean, I don't think that was such a huge loss. Dennis Smith Jr., no one knows who can reliably hit a three-pointer on this team besides, I don't know, Terry Rozier. This is just not a good roster, folks. This has got flashes of excitement, but not a team that you want to watch on a night-to-night basis. They'll sneak up. They'll win some games when you're not watching, right? They'll beat a team that you have no idea how they beat. They'll beat the Bucs on a Wednesday. That's what they'll do. But short of a rebuild, I can't see how this team gets better anytime soon. We end our preview with the Washington Wizards, who I think are my pick for the worst team in the NBA. I watched them last night, the whole game, play the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers blew them out by like over 20. Key additions, Jordan Poole in the trade, Tyus Jones, who I love, Bilal Koulibaly, who they got in the draft, and Landry Shamit, who's in street clothes in uh, game one. So that tells you everything you need to know. Key subtractions, Bradley Beal, Porzingis, and Monty Morris. The Wizards are going to be bad, folks. It's going to be, I don't know even what the plan is. Because you've got guys like Poole and Tyus Jones who are, who are grown, who are in the middle of, the, of their career, and that's not changing, right? This is the team you want to be rebuilding around. You blew up the bridge, you get rid of Porzingis and Beal, your two max players, for a boatload of picks and some interesting players. So that's not bad. This team, though, is going to lose. They're the East Coast in terms of the equivalent amount of games lost. I don't think a team is going to be as bad as them except for maybe the Portland Trailblazers. A lot of games losing. You add Jordan Poole, which means you're going to be chucking a lot. Jordan Poole went 0 for 6 from 3 last night. Uh, My man Kyle Kuzma put up 25, but he was chucking. We already saw that Denny Abdia is pissed off at how little these guys want to pass him the ball. Just casually launching 30-footer after 30-footer four seconds into the shot clock. That, of course, is the Jordan Poole experience. So get used to that. What is left on this roster? Mm, They got Patrick Baldwin Jr. from the Warriors. Mm, Nice little piece. I like Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari, if you're a better, he's going to be putting up 10, 15 points a game. I think he's going to be looking to get moved at the deadline. I think Landry Shan is terrible. Tyus Jones is a good piece. He is. I like Kuz. Kuz. I just don't know. The team, I like Bilal Koulibaly a lot, but he's a brand new baby. He's a rookie. Over the next three years, 
Washington has four firsts and five seconds. They can gain even more draft capital by moving guys like Jones, Gallinari, Daniel Gafford, DeLon Wright. Maybe they're good in 2030. Until then, enjoy Jordan Poole chucking 18 shots a game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now we're in for a big treat. We got Kurt Heelan on. Kurt is the blogger in chief of probasketballtalk.com, but also NBCSports.com and the managing editor in NBC. We had a wide ranging interview. It touched on a lot of inner storylines that come up for the season. So let's get into it. Welcome to the show, my man, Kurt Heelan. Lead NBA writer, managing editor, NBCSports.com. Just one of the, I would say, more honest guys uh, in their assessments of what's happening around the NBA. (laughs) I've got a ton of questions. There's a lot developing, and we could spend all day, but I figured I would call it down to the teams that I personally am the most interested in based on what we saw opening night, but also some of the sleeper teams too. So I am really intrigued by Phoenix. I think that's a team that could potentially break the mentality of the super team, right, being dead. And Bradley Beal, obviously, is a, a guy that they got for absolutely nothing. They made moves at uh, in the summer with Nurkic, which I think is super interesting. Got a lot of depth. They get a bunch of guys from the Blazers. And I think when they went to Chase last night or on Tuesday night, we were wondering how they would look against a team that has largely been a contender Anytime Steph yeah. is healthy. So the thing that stuck out to me was Devin Booker. Uh, you watch him, and it looked like he was the best player on the floor pretty much the entire night. 32, 6, and 8, one steal. And that was with Steph doing, you know, Steph things. Do yeah. you think Devin Booker is a legit MVP candidate if he plays on a team that Kevin Durant plays on? I think it'd be hard to be MVP with Kevin Durant sitting there because – Unless he does this like every night, but Durant was cold shooting. And by the way, everybody not named Booker in that game. Like Curry put up numbers, but he was like eight of 20 and everybody else was just ice cold for both teams. I think it solidifies his all NBA spot. Probably. I picked the Suns to go to the finals. I am. I'm like, I am. I'm big on them. I don't know that they're like, I don't think they're there right now, even though they, you know, they got a nice win the other night and they got some promising signs because you had, I got questions about Nurkic and his health and whatever, but he looked pretty good in the opener. I got questions about like Josh Akogi, but he's hitting key corner threes and and making plays. So I just think over the course of 82 and maybe with a move at the deadline, a smaller move, like a role player move, the question isn't the top end. The question is like depth, defense, all that. And I think they'll figure it out. Uh, but I still think, look, as much as Booker's going to stand out, I think it'd be hard. You're just hard pressed to do that against next to Kevin Durant, who 
wasn't great in that first game, but you are, you know, I know, like we all know, right? Like there was a big Kevin Durant stretch coming. Yeah. I mean, he always produces and that's what we know he's going to be able to do. The Bradley Beal thing is weird. I wondered why, how, how he ends up recovering and rehabbing all off season. And then we don't see him with back spasms, especially with this, this NBA new rule about load management. Obviously that's not Lowe's management. Is Bradley Beal's health uh, a concern or a factor for you at all in terms of you thinking that this is a finals team? Uh, I don't really. I think the only way to judge preseason is to say a team is healthy unless proven. Like, do I think Kawhi Leonard is going to play 82 games? Probably not, right? Like, I think we're going to safely say no. But I kind of presume going into the season that he's healthy for the playoffs or, or you start playing a really random game. And... So I'm going to assume that he's healthy, but I think it's with his history and Kevin Durant's history, it is absolutely one of the things that can derail the Suns. It is it is a legitimate concern that he's not there opening night. But you're right. It's it's not load management, but also just between you and me, do you know how many guys are going to have, hey, we're going to take our time bringing Draymond Green back from this ankle thing because we can get him a little rest right now. We get like... There guys, guys are going to go down with these injuries all season long that are just rest nights. So you think there's going to be manipulating of that then? Yeah, yes. The league says they're going to come in, but that's the thing about the NBA. And frankly, you know, anybody watching who's an NFL fan, by week, what, three? Any guy in the NFL can take a week off for an injury if they want to, right? Like they're all, they've all yeah. got enough bumps and bruises, whatever. The NBA is pretty much that way a month into the season. Like everybody's got knee tendonitis or their Achilles aches a little bit or whatever it is. There's all sorts of things that you can come up with to get a guy a night off. If they really want to, it's not going to be hard. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how that shakes out with the new league rule on 65 games to get your end of, you know, to be eligible for end of season awards. I'm, I'm like, I think we're going to see a whole lot of guys play 66 games. Yeah. And I, just because the, the, the line is 65 in order to right. get all NBA and MVP and all these awards, Eric Gordon was really good in that game. He didn't produce offensively, but he was still like plus whenever he was on the floor. Yeah. I think he was a huge pickup. Not a lot of people are talking about him. Utah Watanabe obviously came over just because he wanted to play with Kevin Durant. I'm curious from your perspective and what you see, like who is that number one uh, X factor role player that you think is going to bring the Suns over the top to get them to the finals and beat a team like Denver? Uh, Eric Gordon's going to have a big role. I kind of think it's a Kogi just because they're going to need his defense. They're going to need somebody out. I mean, he's got to be offensively good enough to stay on the floor, but ultimately, I mean, Kevin Durant's a pretty good defender when he is geared up for it and wants to be, but he's not going to do it over 82. Nurkic is a big body in the middle. They don't have a lot of great defenders and it's on a very defensive minded coach and Frank Vogel to find a way to get enough defense out of this team, playing a lot of drop coverage with the big body of Nurkic, I imagine. But I think a Kogi comes clear. And then I think you're right. I think Eric Gordon is the one guy on that bench right now going into the season. I'm like, yeah, He's going to be rock solid for 82. He's going to be rock solid for the final 16, you know, in the playoffs. He's not the guy I'm worried about. Um, they just need, you know, who who are the other guys to step up, really? I mean, they, they've just got to find, at the end of the day, don't you, basically you got to get to a seven-man rotation you trust by by uh, by April. And I, I my guess is they get there, but we'll see. Are you sleeping on Denver? Like, tell me the truth, because yeah. I feel you're kind of doing what everyone's doing right now, which is like, oh, they – 
They lost Jeff Green. They lost Bruce Brown. Who will come in and save them off the bench? And last night, uh, opening night, it really didn't even matter. Reggie Jackson looked like he was that guy. But, I mean, it was spread all the way through. Everybody was producing, and they still scored over 120 points, and it was like not a lot of bench production. It felt like game five of the Western Conference Finals from last year, didn't it? Like, it's just it like <laughs> It's like it's just a continuation of what we saw. I thought their bench played okay, too. Christian Braun was a Brown. I want to call him Braun because that's Christian Brown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Christian Brown, That's he played really well. Um, I thought that their bench in general, um, uh, Reggie Jackson, you can count on Reggie Jackson for some points, a few highlights and some trash talk. I think their bench isn't bad. I don't, I just, I, I do I trust it as much as Bruce Brown? I just, let's put it this way. I think they're very, very good. I think they're the bar for the entire NBA. If you're Phoenix or frankly, if you're Boston or Milwaukee or any other team with championship designs, you got to be better than Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray and Denver. And at the end of the day, maybe nobody is. Um, I just got a feeling somebody's going to pass them this year and we'll see. I, I think they will miss Bruce Brown in the playoffs as much as I like Christian Brown and everybody else. Like, Bruce Brown was huge in the postseason, but I know you can't blame the man for go get the bag. Like, you know, they don't got it for you in Denver. You got to go get it. And by the way, I like the Pacers too. With love the Pacers. Love what they're doing. We'll definitely hit on that. I think Nikola Jokic could actually win the MVP again. If that's, oh, yeah. if that sounds crazy because he, he had three assists at halftime, something like that. Still finished with 11. And it feels like maybe more aggressive offensively than he's been to start the year. He was just bullying AD down in the post. It was, come and stop me. I'm going into the paint. I'm going to score every time if I want. I'll grab my own putback and and get the points as well. So I, it feels like maybe there's even a, another level production-wise yeah. from a points perspective than Nikola Jokic was even doing the year before uh, when he won MVP two years ago or the year before that or even last year when MB won it. What are you seeing or what did you see from him? Did you see what I saw? Yeah, I, he, he's really become good at that. At And I think it's interesting because I we were talking earlier like, hey, the Suns go get Yusuf Nurkic in play. Now, in place of the issues they had with a, another big body guy in, in DeAndre Ayton. But I think if you are looking at the West and you want to get through the West, one of your questions has to be, hey, how do we how do we match up with him? How do we even slow him? And Anthony Davis last year. I think was as good or better a defender, probably the best defender in the playoffs. He was phenomenal, yeah. and Jokic just destroyed him, <laughs> and 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 then did it again. And like, you've got to have one of those big bodies. I wonder if again, I think with the Suns, did they get Nurkic thinking back, thinking, well, we've got to have somebody to put a body on him who's somewhat more. If he can just stay healthy. His decision making and just IQ are off the charts. That's the thing that just. Hey, all right, I can go through Anthony Davis and get mine. Oh, they've adjusted the defense. I'm going to keep finding guys. I mean, I think the most telling play of the game was late. It's actually, I think, the play he got the triple-double assist on. You just set a pick for Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray was hot, so both defenders kind of went to him. He went to the little Draymond Green short roll, got the ball at the free throw line, saw the defense start to rotate, and just whipped it to MPJ in the corner wide open three. It was like, I don't know how you defend the team when they're playing like that and, and all those guys are cooking. Yeah. And it makes it feel like the, the role players don't even matter. Right. Like you, <laughs> a that bit, starting yeah. five can do what they did. I mean, they absolutely gassed AD 
Nikola yes. Jokic turned AD into an absolute zero in the second half. He's getting crushed on first yeah. take. He's getting crushed on social media. I actually like fine with it. I don't think you can really take anything from AD's lack of production in the second half because he's tasked with guarding a guy who's decided he's going to score 30, uh, 13, and 11 or whatever it was, yeah. right? Like, so do you think that was unfair criticism? Not as much, just because Anthony David, look, what you saw from LeBron is what you get from LeBron right now, right? You're going to get 30 minutes a night out of him. It would have been 30 if they hadn't garbage time the last minute and a half, 30 minutes a night. And he was plus seven. He put up numbers. But at the end of the day, if this Laker team is going to go where they want to go, Anthony Davis has to be elite. He has to be on both ends. He has to be this high-level All-NBA player. And one of the issues has long been good game, bad game, good half, bad half, which we saw last night. And I don't think it's all on him because, Trista, I hope you are passionate about and believe in something in your life as much as D'Angelo Russell believes in his shot. <laughs> yeah. He's going to take it regardless. But And I don't think they got Anthony Davis the ball. And He had all these ISOs and posts up in the first half. He just literally wasn't getting them. But he's also got to demand those. He's got to take charge. He's got to, like, you don't see Embiid, like, not getting the ball after a while. Like, no, get the guy the ball. He's got to show up every night. It's the only it's the only way they can be where they want to be. I took him for MVP. He was my pick for MVP as a sleeper at 40 to 1 AD. Yeah, like, that's, and that, that yeah. just did not just did not line up with what I was expecting. <laughs> I also thought he could have a legit to chance to, if he didn't win MVP, to be one of the defensive player of the year candidates. Yeah, absolutely. That's how he is. That's how he is when he's healthy, and it's just a disappointing first game against really a team that you know you have to go against to get through to the finals. I'm curious about a couple of dudes, though. Why sign someone like Christian Wood and Cam Reddish when those guys have clearly throughout the course of their career been not locker room cancers, but certainly yeah. cultural negatives? Because you have LeBron James, I think it's literally it. It's just that's the LeBron James locker room. That's he's going to set the tone. He's not going to put up with guys who aren't focused. So I think there's a sense of like you can get away with that when LeBron's on your team. In a way, with there may be a couple other guys in the league, but there's not many who can set that tone. And the other part, especially in Christian Wood, well, actually both those cases, Christian Wood's better than a minimum contract player. Yeah. Jeez. Whatever I think of him, like why I might talk myself out of wanting him on my team. He gets buckets. He is better than a minimum contract. And if I can get him for a year at the minimum, then I've got to take that because that's still a really good deal. And another guy that, hey, depending on the situation, you might be able to throw into a trade later as an enticing piece because some other team knows he's more valuable than that too. Yeah, dude, I was so high on this Lakers team. And I don't even like the Lakers as a Portland Trailblazer <laughs> fan. I was like, man, this could be a team that was like top three in the West. And if you're not getting production – out of your team without LeBron on the floor, this yeah. this could honestly be a seven seed again. I think the West is so bunched up that after, look, Denver's Denver, Phoenix, not just last night, I just Phoenix is going to win a ton of regular season games because they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Bradley Beal, and they're just they're going to outscore teams. I think they're one, two in whatever order. After that, three through frankly 12 are teams that think they should be in the playoffs, and it's not going to be this huge difference like and that's what's going to make the west wild is like i don't have utah in the playoffs 
dude, they still got John Collins and and Laurie Markinen and like were good last year and surprised people. The Kings, everybody's kind of sleeping on the Kings a little bit. I agree. They're gonna score. They're not gonna stop anybody. They're gonna score a ton of points and be tough to beat. Like, so I think three through out of the post, you know, missing the play in out west is everything's in play for those teams and the Lakers can't afford to get caught in the middle of that and try to be breaking out midseason because it's going to be it's going to be tough Minnesota's good every and even look here's the thing the bad teams Houston pretty good pretty good they've got Fred Van Fleet and Dalen Brooks and Jared uh, Jalen Green's going to be good and Jabari Jr. looked awesome at summer league and uh the Spurs are going to suck except Damn, Wemby and Devin Vassell are going to be entertaining and they're going to win a few games because it, like there's just not going to be off nights in the West, except maybe against your Portland Trail. Blazers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So I know. It's so bad. We're I don't even really know what that team is doing. I like the Dame trade a lot. Yeah. But no, I'm no, very no. curious why holding on to Malcolm Brogdon and Rob Williams are a thing. The only thing that I can think of is that they they're waiting for a team that needs them at the deadline. And they think that they can extract more value from them in January than they can in September. Is that yep. kind of what you think is happening too? I might even put Jeremy Grant in that list. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think all those guys, look, you're rebuilding right now around Scoot and Anthony Simons, who are, by the way, going to be entertaining. Like it's going to be a good show. Um, but I think everybody, not those two guys um, is available. Maybe I'm curious. I'm really curious to see how DeAndre Ayton fits with them and in a system where he gets some of the freedom and touches he wants, probably, that he just he wasn't going to get his option number four in Phoenix even last year. I mean, there's just better options than him down there, but uh, you know, hey, he'll get he'll get more looks up there. So they're they're gonna be a fun, interesting team, and they're not gonna be a pushover. There's, you know, I don't think they're the worst team in the league. I was gonna say there is the Wizards. Wizards are going to be a tough watch too. I love Ty, I love Tyus Jones, so I'm I'm very curious yeah. how they're going to be building that roster. Let's talk about this Sixer team though, because they are right on the brink, dude. They are on the brink of a full scale yep. roster meltdown. The only player that I think is safe is Tyrese Maxey. I think everyone else could potentially either bolt on their own or get kicked out the door. Now we got James Harden coming back to Philly past opening night, and they're like, no, we don't want you traveling with the team. What does that mean, I don't want you traveling with the team? Does that mean that a deal is imminent? Or does that mean that we don't want you around our players uh, muddying the water and poisoning the well? More that. More more the distraction, right? Like, and just – if he's there, then is he making things messy and harder and just being just him on the trip and being on the bench was going to lead to questions. And so I think they think it's just better. They, they go from uh, they play in for people who don't know, they play in Milwaukee opening night and then uh, Toronto two nights later uh, before going back home. I think that he won't play in either of those games. And that doesn't mean I'll just say I doesn't mean a trade is imminent. My the people I've talked to and people out with closer to the Clippers have been like, the offer is the offer. <laughs> we have, maybe that changes if they get 10 games into the season and think, oh, crap. Like, we got to do – maybe then Terrence Mann or a second pick or whatever goes into the deal. But right now, they've got – the Clippers have a lot more to think about too just because if you trade for James Harden, 
who's going to be a free agent. So you kind of got to lock him up. And then you could extend Kawhi Leonard and Paul George a couple of years. And, hey, do you want more? Do you want three more years of those guys as your core? No. So, yeah. I just don't think they're that eager. I, it's they're, they're walking a weird line because they move into a new building next year and they're not going to want to move a rebuilding team into a new building. But I don't – like the path they're on is not sustainable. So I'm not sure what happens. But they're they're unlikely in the short term to up their offer. So they're off – re- bottom line, it's really just stuck in the mud. Up, Kurt. They, they yeah. fucked up letting Shea Gilders Alexander go. And four picks, that's got to be the most egregiously bad decision an NBA team in hindsight has made. A young player, not even close to his peak, who's now legit. He's a first-team all-NBA guy, and you let him go because Kawhi wanted Paul George? When they let him go, I'll tell you that people with the Clippers were not happy, but they didn't see this. What they said was, man – Shea's going to be an all-star someday. He's going to make a few all-star teams. He's going to be pretty, he's going to be good. They didn't see Shea being this good. You like the Sixers this year with Nick Nurse? Are you buying into his system? I think they're good. I, I think with or without Harden, I think they're a good team that finishes, I don't even want to say top three, top five, top six for, for sure in the East. Like, I think they're a good team. I'm higher on Cleveland than everybody else. But like, really? um, if, yeah, but if, if they finish, you know, third, fourth, fifth, something like that, maybe, you know, I, I think that that's, they're good. And I don't want to see them in the playoffs if Embiid is healthy. Like, they're going to be a tough out. I think Tyrese Maxey's going to be fantastic this year. Like, that's a good team. It's just the two teams, that they, if the goal is to win a championship, I don't know what you do. Because I don't even know with Harden. What do you think, Tristan? With, with Harden, do they compete with Boston and Milwaukee? I don't think so. I mean, unless you're getting what you got from Harden, in those good games where he's putting up 40. Yeah. But you have to have that every game. You need that. They had the chance to beat Boston, right? And they probably should have if they wouldn't have collapsed. So they're they're like close-ish, but now you got another year of Harden declining. And he's he's not someone that was ever really reliable in the postseason. Joel Embiid's never been healthy in a postseason in his entire career. He's always dealing with something strange, orbital bone fracture, ankle, knee. It's like a Mr. You know, it's like operation over there. Yeah. And now you have a new coach. I'm just very suspicious in general about the ability for a team to really compete Milwaukee included with a brand new head coach. I'm moving forward to teams that you're the most excited about teams that did not make the playoffs last year that you think are legit playoff teams this year? Uh, we mentioned one. I'm just really high on the Pacers. I, I think that the Indiana Pacers are taking a step forward. Uh, part of that is Tyrese Halliburton was already kind of taking that step as one of the best passers and facilitators in the league. They play fast. Um, I thought they underachieved last year, but their offseason addition of Bruce Brown, what they lacked was point of attack defense and somebody basically who could fill a role like that. Um, they've got plenty of shooting. They've got Buddy Heald I love Miles Turner, and uh, I may not agree with his self-assessment of being a top-five center in the league, but he is a very good center. I don't know if they make top six or if they get in through the plan, but I think this is a playoff team that's going to surprise a lot of people and continue to surprise a lot of people because they're like never on national television. That's probably the team I'm highest on that missed the playoffs last year. Does that mean then that – because I actually love them too because I think they're yeah. very deep because yep. you've got Jairus Walker – 
who was who looked great in summer he league. He looked great at summer league. Just looked like the best, most dominant man on the floor. Can do so many different things. He just had that thing that popped off while popped off the court while you watched yeah. him. Yeah. And then you add him to a team with already has Miles Turner and you add Obi Toppin and you've got Benedict Matherin taking another step. Right. And so yeah. I'm super excited about them. Is that then meaning that Rick Carlisle could maybe win coach of the year? It's funny. I, when I was putting up predictions for coach of the year and I picked Bickerstaff just because I'm again, like I'm high on the Cavs. I thought about it and I'm like, guys don't really love Rick Carlisle strictly yeah. with the media who votes. So like, even if he does the job and, and deserves the nominee, deserves the award, like how many media members are going to be like, bleep Rick Carlisle. <laughs> Give yeah. him that award. What do you expect from Wemby? MVP, 38 points. No. Um, <laughs> does that seem unreasonable? Um, I think though he could be an MVP candidate earlier than, than anyone oh, yeah. could even imagine. I've, I think rookie again. It's the it's the Spurs. They're going to slow play this. They are not going to they're not going to make the big mistake too many teams make of like, hey, this guy's really good. Let's I'll just jump through the process. Yeah. Well, no, and let's trade for a bunch of veterans. Let's try to win now. Like they're, the Spurs are not going to do that. They're going to take some lumps. But I still think he's eighteen and eight this year. It's like not out of the question with like two one of the borderline, if not all, defensive team level play. Um, out of the gate. Um, and that's again with him probably getting some rest nights or nights off because the jump from Europe to college, I don't think you people could, people can really grasp like playing 40 games a night, 40 games a season, low forties. If you count a deep run in the NCAA tournament, 82 game regular season, like the jump is just ridiculous. And the wear and tear is ridiculous. In Europe, you play two games a week. Like it's just the travel, the travel isn't as bad. Because uh, you're just traveling around France, so or in his case, it, uh, he's going to get some nights off. But that said, by year three, that would I, like that's not crazy. Depending on where the team is, he's rookie of the year to you. I did a special uh, podcast and a video, couple videos up at NBC with uh, Drew Din- Dinsick, who's our uh, uh, oh, betting him. analyst. Yeah, and Drew, Drew's word was every other bet in this category is dead money. Like it's just as much as I could try to make a case for why Chet Holmgren might, because he's playing more meaningful minutes on a playoff team. Like we talked about with the thunder and is exactly what they need facing the floor and defense in the paint. Like as good as that is, I still wouldn't bet on it. Like I still, I still just think it's, it's Wemby's to lose. Yeah, I agree. Finally team that did make the playoffs last year that will not make the playoffs this year i was going to say the clippers um but miami's miami's a possibility but it would involve jimmy jimmy butler's too good if he plays even as i know he likes to say he has said to you to everyone playoff jimmy is not a thing it's not yet it's like he definitely is better in the playoffs that said if he feels the pressure like uh, in that like he can crank it up and the east isn't as deep but if he misses a chunk of games for whatever reason I mean, you're there. Didn't it feel like they built their whole offseason around getting – they just expected to get Lillard, and when that didn't happen, they expected to get Drew or somebody else, and nobody fills that gap. And you can sort of replace Gabe, and you do get – and Max Struess, by the way, and who by the love, who I love in Cleveland as a fit. It, those aren't like individually huge losses, but together it just – yeah, I can make – I could see them falling, but I don't know if 
they were on the edge of that last year. They were trailing the Bulls entering the fourth quarter of the play-in game, as I, if I remember that the properly. Second and, yeah, the second play-in game. So, like, they came that close last year. So it's possible, but I – I think the Clippers, you're right. The Clippers could very easily fall out too. That's a team where it could look like one of those bad old silent movie cars where everything just falls apart. Like, like it could absolutely happen to them. The whole wheels could come off this thing. All right, before I let you run, give me your finals projection on day one of the NBA season and your champion. The Orlando Magic over the Houston. No, I really think it's going to come from one of four teams. So I went with Boston over Phoenix in the finals. I've got Boston as your champions. And I think they're the one team, by the way, if one team is going to click, it's all going to come together. They're going to win 65 games and steamroll the league. It's them. Like, I just, I think Boston could be very, very good. But I have Boston beating Phoenix in the finals. If you told me it was Denver or Milwaukee were in that mix. Kurt Helan, thanks so much. It's always a pleasure. We'll have to have you back on more. Lead NBA writer and managing editor, NBCSports.com. This man is always giving us some nuggets, some facts. Uh, we'll have to have you on BetMGM tonight as well soon. I look forward to it, man. Thanks, brother. Take care. That's all the time that we have for this episode of The Heat Check. Come back Monday. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini episodes that will drop unexpectedly. Uh, do not forget to download, subscribe, and tell your friends, every single one of them. And follow us on social at This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you next time. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.